Yahweh. Thank you for this new day, taking and learning, walking and sharing, Father God. Thank you for allowing me to continue to be your conduit and share your truth, knowledge, and wisdom with others, Father. With the brothers and sisters that listen, and whosoever will hear and draw close, and even those that have a desire in their heart but are unsure and have not done so yet, Father God, the invitation is always there. Always there. Pray for them. Pray that you bless the sharing of this word, Father God, and your teaching and your guidance. So I touched on and, and briefly um, shared with you when we were talking about uh, Jesus' walk and, and uh, some of the women that were uh, involved in his ministry. So understand that, that uh, Jesus, a lot of people have this notion, I don't know where they decided that this was how... Jesus functioned, but remember that Jesus didn't miraculously change everybody's minds and that, you know, they took care of him and did all the, there were people that ran him out of town. And when he went back to his own hometown of Nazareth, they didn't want to hear him. They didn't want to believe him. They kept referring to him as being that carpenter's child. We know your family, know your brothers and sisters. We know your mother and father. Where do you get your authority from? You're that carpenter's son. That's what Jesus ran to in his own hometown. So there were those that helped to feed and clothe because remember this, that Jesus was here not wholly as the son of God and not wholly as a man. He was, he was all man and he was all the only begotten son of God. But for reasons to impart that into, into Jesus' realization of the temporal living that, that mammon was going through to come down and exist as a man. He was tempted as a man. He lived as a man. And when he was doing things for people, I'm sure he, there were opportunities where he smacked his thumb with a hammer. And, and you know, there were, and I, he was a man. People don't get that. They think that he floated around and just existed as the son of God. He came down here for a purpose. He was thinking about me when he came, and he was thinking about things that I would go through, things that you would go through, things that we go through daily. And this is he came down and experienced this with us. Okay, God, He didn't just wander around and start snapping his fingers and people would... All of a sudden, they'd get glistening in their eyes, and they'd come out and just hand them bags of money. It didn't work that way. The enemy was hard at work, and there were people that despised the authority that he shared and gave to them. Why? Because they chose to enjoy the darkness and what they liked to do, and Jesus came and shed light on it. <coughs> Pardon me. When you go into a darkened room and you have a little bit of a roach problem, and you hit the wall switch, what do you hear? The scurrying, the scampering, the skittering of those feet across any kind of, you, know, you can hear it. And if you look toward the corner, you'll see them. They're madly dodging and diving and trying to get into the darkness. They like it in the dark. They like it in the dark because they're not exposed to be the ugly little creatures they are. Same thing with mammon. They like the darkness. And Jesus told them, he told the Sanhedrin that. He said, you like the darkness. You'd like to be in the darkness because you think that it hides what you do. And when we fall into certain things, we think that darkness hides it. It doesn't, brothers and sisters. How are we going to be hiding in darkness from something that is a constant light, perpetual light, a living light? We can't. So see, the enemy, that white noise interference, it gets in our head. But Jesus came here as the way, the truth, and the light, that light of the world, the life. And he just didn't, 
people didn't just throw money to him. I mean, there was a time where he had to pay taxes, and what did he do? He took a coin from the mouth of a fish. But there were individuals that were in the group, and there were women. He had his 12 disciples, and they went that he chose for their perceptions and their their capabilities that they already had, and then he was going to gift them with more. <clears throat> and there were certain women that had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities that were there, and they devoted themselves to Jesus and his ministry and taking care of the disciples whenever they came into where they were staying, that they ministered, they took care of them, and they shared their, they shared their money with buying food and clothing items. <coughs> Pardon me. And it says in Luke chapter 8, and I'm going to go up here. Uh, and it came to pass afterward that he went through out every city and village, preaching and showing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God, and the twelve were with him. And certain women, which had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary called Magdalene. She was from the town of Magdala, and that's how they gave names in that day, Mary Magdalene. She was uh, from that village, so that was her name, Mary Magdalene, or Mary of Magdalene, but they, Mary Magdalene out of whom went seven devils. And Joanna, the wife of Shusa, Herod's steward, and Susanna, and many others which ministered unto him of their substance. And because of their gentleness and their ease of way that they were able to comfort the twelve and Jesus, because there were times where he left as soon as he was finished ministering to the many. Virtues left him. He got, he got tired out. He got tired and he would separate and go away. He needed to. And the gentleness of the women to prepare the food and help to, to comfort. And they took care of him. And continuing in verse 4, when much people were gathered together and were come to him out of every city, he spake by a parable. And he would teach. And they took care of him when he finished. And they, this was, this was their tithing. Understand this, brothers and sisters, that his ministry has not stopped. It has not stopped. We are his disciples. We are sharing the gospel. We are giving of ourselves, which we should do, and we should do so gladly. And for those of you that go back into your little tomb and roll your door closed and get in the recliner, sit back and say, well, I, I, don't, I don't have a good speech. I have this. I have that. I got to do this. I got to get this done. I don't have time. Well, I am certainly glad that Jesus didn't say, you know, Father, I don't have time right about now. I got to go to the other side of the heavens and I got to take care of something over there. And I don't really think that going down and hanging on the cross, they're not going to be accepting of it anyway. They're just going to hate me. They're not going to, you know, I, I just don't. Yeah, I, I don't have time. That didn't happen. Conversely, the response was, of course I will. We love this creation so much that he came and he didn't say he didn't have time. So how dare you, that's right, how dare you to refuse God's telling you to share the gospel and do that thing that, so that everyone have an opportunity. And there are many that just sit back and they do that thing. They pull that lever on the recliner, kick their feet up, I don't have time. I got mine. That's what they're saying. I got mine. I have my salvation. I went to church. I've grown up like that. I'll read the Bible every five months. I'll go to a special event every six months. Yeah, I'm good. I got mine. How dare you? How dare you be so impertinent and so selfish that you're going to refuse to get out and share the gospel and allow others the opportunity and chance? 
and for whoever shared the gospel with you to get you your heart pricked at the time that you decided. And then for whatever reason, you became slothful and lazy and you decide that you're not going to do it. I got mine. It's a good thing that that person that brought the message to you didn't say the same thing that you're now saying to others. <clears throat> and there are many that do. I am thankful and I love being a conduit and I love being in the word of God. And I love the idea that he has given me that opportunity. And every single day he graces me with breath, mercifully allows me to continue breathing and walk through the day and share whenever I can. There are troubles. There are need. I am a man. <clears throat> However, I am in my Lord's sight. He is with me every day and I stay busy with my father's business. I am about my father's business as we are all called to do. Continuing reading in this word, Father, bless the reading and sharing of your word. I'm gonna continue reading in Matthew five. And remember he's at the Mount and he's, it's the Beatitudes. And I'm going to start in the beginning of chapter 5. Because quite honestly, I don't remember where I left off. But anyway. Oh, yes, I do. So anyway. And seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain. And when he was set, his disciples came to him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. You have to seek it. You have to be hungry for it. And if you'd rather sit in your chair and lift it up your footrest and drink your beer, you're not going to be filled by it because you have made your choice. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. And blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so powerful persecuted they the prophets which were before you. So there are those that get all rattled in their little cages and they get all their knickers are all knotted up and they can't find comfort because, oh, they're picking on me. They're saying that I sound funny. They're saying this and they're saying that. Because why? Because you're so concerned with validation of mammon <clears throat> that what the Bible says right here, Matthew writes it down. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so persecuted they, the prophets, which are before you. What, you think this is, you are alone in this? <clears throat> there were prophets and teachers and preachers that came before. They didn't want to hear it. Noah, for 120 years in building the ark, he had 120 years he was trying to get them to change their mind and choose to come with him and to repent. They didn't want to hear it. They chose to revile the word of God and they made fun of him until the ark ramp was closed and God put his hand on it and sealed it. And then it was too late, boys and girls. Oh, help us save us, Noah. God sealed it. Noah couldn't have opened that if he wanted to. He couldn't. <clears throat> and they were given the opportunity. They chose to ignore it. And here it is, too. Ye are the salt of the earth. But if the salt have lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out, to be trodden under foot of men. Interesting thing about salt. Salt can actually be used to draw out sweetness. Oh, yes. I worked in a kid. I was a chef. I was a cook. I was baked. I did things. Salt can draw out sweetness when added in the right proportions. 
salt can preserve and salt can enhance. And Jesus called us the salt of the earth. But if you choose not to do any of those things, then what good? It is not good. And you will be trodden under the feet of men. Mammon will trodden on you, tread you down. They will step on you. They will, they will, you think that because you stopped sharing the gospel that they're just going to stop and all of a sudden leave you alone. They're going to find something else to agitate, stir up, or kick you around about. Why, you think just because you don't share the word of God that now all of a sudden you're a good guy? I don't know, maybe you dive right in head first. Maybe you do, I don't know. But shame on you if that is what you're doing. You need to talk to God. I'm not, what I speak is not as a judge for you because that's not my position. What I do is to get you thinking about what you're doing so that you can repent and you turn and you get back into sharing the word of God, which he's called us to do. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. But if you go back into your little hovel, you roll the stone over the entrance to your tomb, and you don't get out and share that, and you don't even try to strike the wake, what's the point? Get out and share that word. Don't be so self-absorbed that you don't want anybody else to have the opportunity. But think not that I have come to destroy the law or the the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. And he tried to get the Sanhedrin to understand this. He came to fulfill the word of the prophets who said that he was coming and how it would come and things that were going to take place. And he presented himself right before them and he spoke with authority and they refused to see it. They said, oh, how dare you claim to be that? Wait a second. They know who it was supposed to be and because he didn't come in the way they expected him to or that they wanted him to, he didn't arrive the way they wanted him to. They wanted him to come in as Messiah on the steed with his entourage of the soldiers from heaven and they were gonna run out the Romans who had beleaguered them for decades and decades. And many of these people, they prayed for the Messiah since they were children. And many of them were gray and withering with age now. But Jesus didn't come as that mighty conquering king and run the Romans out. He came as that humble servant of man, the sacrificial lamb of God who came and died on the cross. And yet, even when he did that, there were those that cried out, how, what good is the Messiah? Look, he's hanging on a cross and he's dying. They didn't even know what they were talking about because they weren't listening. And yet, what did the anointed of God, Christ, Jesus, do and say on that cross? He sacrifices his very life for them. And while he was yet hanging and dying and bleeding out, he cried to his father, forgive them, father, for they know not what they do. If anyone had the right to condemn or to cry, it would have been Jesus at that very point. He didn't do that. And here's the other thing he could have called for legions of angels to come and some, he could have done that very thing that everybody was crying about to do. And he did not because he knew his place and he had already told our heavenly father that he would do so. And he did. He could have sent him, the angels would have come and set him free. 
and then destroy the world because they refuse to accept the fact. And then it would have been as it was in the days of Noah and start again. God loves us so much that he sent his only begotten son that whosoever believeth on him shall not perish but have everlasting life. That is God's desire for us. For verily I say unto you, continuing further in verse 18, for verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass one jot or one tittle shall no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. Whosoever there shall break one of these least commandments shall teach men so. He shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven, but whosoever shall do and teach them the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Take your slothful self up out of that chair. Get out and do the sharing of the gospel as we are called to do. Don't find reasons and excuses to not do so. Whosoever therefore shall... Sorry, going down to verse 20. For I say unto you that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, ye shall in no case enter in the kingdom of heaven. Ye have heard that it was said by them of old time, Thou shalt not kill, and whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of the judgment. So that little passage right there, except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, shall in no case enter in the kingdom of heaven. Jesus' point there, because they were self-righteous. They were self-centered. They were arrogant. It was all about them and not about anyone else. So you better make sure that you're doing more than what they were satisfied in doing. See, they went and they read every once in a while and then they claimed to be the authoritarians and they claimed to be the ones who were in charge and they had all the answers, except they didn't have all the answers. Because when the truth came to them and was presented, they refused it because they claimed to be that self-righteous, self-centered, arrogant answer. They claimed that for themselves. <clears throat> and... <clears throat> Pardon me. And unless you do better and you make sure that you're sharing the gospel and the word of truth. But I say unto you that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whosoever shall say to his brother. And call him a fool shall be in danger of the council, but whosoever shall say thou fool shall be in danger of hellfire. Raka. You call your brother Raka, you, you accuse and you, you make up things about this is gossip and rumor mongering and, and then you judge them. Jesus is saying in a different way, judge and ye shall be judged. We don't have that position. That's not our authority. We were given certain authority. But the authority of being the judge of mammon, that's not it. I don't sit here in judgment of anybody out there. I can't see you. I don't know you. And even if I could see you and did know you, I still have not the authority to judge you. That's not, I have only the authority to share the word of the gospel of God our Father and Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son who came for me. That's all I can do is share that with you. I can get you concerned about yourself. You have to make the choice. What the words that I share and I tell you to be ashamed of yourselves? Yes, you should be. If you're refusing to share the gospel and the word and the truth and get out and do that thing, then yes, you should be ashamed. But what you do is you don't come and say, oh, Raven, I'm, I'm really sorry. Don't tell me. Tell God. Pray to God for the strength. But here's the thing that we have to also understand and know is that God knows that we are weak. And just like that, that uh, song when you're in Sunday school, I am weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. He knows we're weak, but he chooses to utilize us and he wants to come and make us to be strong. Paul continually writes and tells and confesses his weakness. Let's, we're going to digress a little bit. I'm going to share with you that 
I, I, and some, and I struggle with it sometimes. I find that I fall in and I start being judgmental. I don't have that right to be judgmental. None of us have that right or authority. It doesn't make any difference who's around us and somebody is walking with tattered shoes they choose, and they, they choose not to get a job and they, to be wherever they're at, however they got there. We cannot judge anyone. You have no right to judge anyone. If they're homeless, you don't know what got them there. You don't, I shared with you already that man, he's got multiple PhDs. He lost his entire family, his entire family, his entire family. And it has broken him. And I tell you what, since I've been doing this job and he's talking to me more and more, we actually have whole conversations. He's dressing much better. He's, he's in places where he can reside. He's not out just wandering like he used to wander. He's coming up. He's taking progressive steps and he talks and converses where he used to be silent. And it didn't matter how you spoke to him or what you were saying to him. And then people started making fun of him. Other fellow employees made fun of him. They ridiculed him, and some they still do. And I reached out and talked to him. And this isn't an attaboy about me. This is what God has put into my heart to do. And it encouraged him. It uplifted him. Not anything that I was really trying to do. I was just trying to show kindness to him. He didn't deserve to be ridiculed. We no, None of them do. We don't know what got them to that point where they are. You are judging them by how they are. You don't know what they went through and got to that point. Don't have the right to judge anyone. That authority is not given to us. We have the authority to step on the heads of the serpents, to trample underfoot the scorpions, and to rebuke the devil himself. We have that authority. Jesus gave us that authority and nothing more. We can speak with the authority as I do in this word. I used to judge Paul. I used to think that Paul, wow, listen to how he talks. He is so arrogant. No, he is not arrogant. He is competent that what he speaks is truth and what he speaks and shares is righteousness. He speaks with authority that is given to him. I speak with authority that's been given to me by Father in heaven and allows me to do what I do because I'm doing my Father's business. I do do have that authority. And I speak with a confidence of my father because he's given it to me. He's taken my weakness and making it strong in his strength. It's not about me. This is about Abba Yahweh, maker of all things made, the ancient of days, El Shaddai Adonai Elohim, Elohim, Yahweh, Rafa, all those things, then those are just some of his titles. The great physician, the great healer, Hashem, Lord, my God. That is the authority that we have, have available. But are you sitting in your recliner and you pull that easy chair up and sucking your beer down instead of going out and sharing the word of God? And there are those that do that. I'm feeding your consciousness, your desire to ask for God to strengthen you and bring you out of that. It's not up to me and it's not my judgment. I'm just bringing that to mind, bringing that to thought process. I am not perfect by any means at all because nothing in this world is perfect until he who is perfect has come and that would be the return of the Lord Jesus to this place, the anointed of God Christ to come to this place as he promised he would do. That's when there will be perfection here. <clears throat> so, continuing, verse 21, Ye have heard that it was said by them of old time, Thou shalt not kill, and whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of the judgment. But I say unto you, that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment, and whosoever shall say to his brother, Raka, shall be in danger of the council. But whosoever shall say, Thou fool, shall be in danger of hell fire. 
they just call them fools and keep on walking and ignore anything else. They don't reach their hand out to try to lift them up. They don't reach out to try to teach them the word. Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar and there rememberest that thy brother hath aught against thee, leave there thy gift before the altar and go thy way. First be reconciled to thy brother and then come and offer thy gift. Agree with thine adversary quickly whilst thou art in the way with him, lest at any time the adversary deliver thee to the judge, and the judge deliver thee to the officer, and thou be cast into prison. Verily I say unto thee, thou shalt be by no means come out of thence till thou hast paid the uttermost farthing. We have to remember, brothers and sisters, you have to make everything straight away. Don't ignore them. And make it right. Take care of that business. You've heard that it was said by them of old time, thou shalt not commit adultery. But I say unto you that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. When you look at a beautiful woman, are you thankful for the beauty that God has made and put on this planet? Or are you looking at her and say, man, I would love to take her clothes off and have her naked. Well, that's adultery. And doing so in the thought process is the same as. It is the same as. And Satan uses this against mammon quite frequently because why? That's one of the easiest accesses. Look at what he does on this electronic device and the computers. How easy is Oh my gosh, the weakness and the perpetuality of this thing that is in that existence. Pornography is a huge, mega money business. Child pornography. Oh my gosh, child pornography. And you have this, and it's accessible. You can go on the internet and go anywhere the prince of the earth and the prince of the air tries to control this and manifest this. And he will throw it before you constantly and ever. And when he finds that you're weak in it, I'm going to share with you, it's a hard thing. I have not been, when I have, when I have not been with my, my oldest son's mom, oh my goodness gracious, I'm talking about that. Look, my oldest son, he's, oh, if he happens to pull this up and I'm saying it wrong, I believe he's gone on 45, 46. And when his mother, when I, and here's the responsibility that I have to accept. When I walked away from that, instead of being in the walk with the Lord and going to her and talking with her and sharing with God and praying over this, I took the word of mammon and I walked away and believed them instead of even sharing with her what my angst was and, and talking to God. I didn't do that because I wasn't walking with God. He was, he wasn't even going to school yet. He was that little. And let me tell you, Paul writes, and he shares with me, because this is a weakness that Satan knows is there. It would be better had you not known a woman, or better that you be married so that you don't have that, that desire and that go, because Paul knew, what, you think this is something new? No, it's not something new. And then you have those, who, well, that's, that wasn't around. Oh, yeah, it was. Okay, why do you think there was prostitution and all that thing going on? And incidentally, since I brought that up, let's backtrack a little bit. There is nothing anywhere in the word that says that Mary Magdalene was a prostitute. She lived in certain unsavory areas. She couldn't afford anything else. You understand? There is nothing in the word of God, no scripture that says that she was a prostitute, which there are many that come into that and say, oh, Mary Magdalene, she's a prostitute, and then she was saved and she went to walk with the Lord. Well, nowhere in the Bible does it ever say that, but people infer that. Anyway, <clears throat> that clarity. <clears throat> Pardon me. 
Continuing, verse 29, And if they, the right eye offend thee, pluck it out and cast it from thee, for it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish, and not that the whole body should be cast into hell. And if thy right hand offend thee, cut it off and cast it from thee, for it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish, and not that thy whole body should be cast into hell. What is Jesus saying here? Jesus is saying that there are individuals, and he's talking about the body of Christ as well as our physical body ourselves. But if it is wrong and it is harming everyone else and you're doing these wrong things, but he's, he's talking about the body of Christ specifically, the body of Christ, the body of the church. And I've shared this with you before is that you have individuals that claim to be your friends. They claim to be this. They claim to be all those things by word of mouth. But they don't act like your friend. They don't act like they're trying to uh, be a comfort to you. They don't act uh, as if they're trying to help you. And constantly trying to drag you down and trying to constantly drag you into things. They're trying to, uh, and sadly, those that prefer to sit in that easy chair and throw that lever back and kick it up and suck down the suds instead of going out and sharing the word or going to the special thing or even praying or praying with the wife and kids. Do you even pray over the meal? So those individuals come to them and say, hey, let's go down to, we're going down to Johnny's strip joint and we're going to go down there and do this and going to do that. <clears throat> those individuals you want to cast off and cast away because they're going to be like the millstone around your neck and they're going to drag you down. They're going to weaken your resistance and, and you're going to go. So you want to cast them aside. You don't want to be involved with that. You want to have a healthy body so you want to be in that place that we need to be and sharing the word of God. Don't want to be in those places. You cast that part away. So, continuing in verse 31. It hath been said, Whosoever shall put away his wife, let him give her a writing of divorcement. But I say unto you that whosoever shall put away his wife, saving for the cause of fornication, causeth her to commit adultery. And whosoever shall marry her that is divorced, committeth adultery. Again, ye have heard that it hath been said by them of old time, Thou shalt not forswear thyself, but shalt perform unto the Lord thine oaths. But I say unto you, swear not at all, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne. You've heard people do this. Oh, I swear to God, I swear to God. I, you know, it's true, I saw it. I did, the, I did that, I did that. I swear to God I did that. Okay, this is a kind of oath that Jesus is talking about. You don't swear on anything by God. So what you're, essentially what you're doing, you're saying that God's your witness to do that. And when you say things, even as innocent, oh, as God is my witness, I saw that yesterday. I saw him do that. I don't, what are you doing? You're throwing gossip and rumors around and you're saying, and you're testifying that God's your witness and that God saw it and he's going to back your play. No, he's not because now you're casting judgment. That's not your place. But you utilize that swearing to God, and you're swearing an oath on heaven that you are telling the truth. Let your yea be yea and your nay be nay, and do not forswear on anything of the heavenly kingdom, because that is not an authority that you have whatsoever. And Jesus says you do not do that. You do not do that. That's God's throne. Nor by the earth, for it is his footstool, neither by Jerusalem, for it is the city, the great king. Neither shalt thou swear by thy head, because thou canst not make one hair white or black. But let your communication be yea, yea, nay, nay. For whatsoever is more than these cometh of evil. All you have to say is that let your yea be yea, your nay be nay. Yes or no, period. Anything else, you go into that gray realm and that gray area because now you're going to have to make something up to substantiate what you're saying. Simple. If you can, you can. If you can't, you can't. You simply say so. Sure, I can do that. 
Yes, I'll be there at such and such and make it so. It frustrates me sometimes and I, I really have to be kind of aggressively at my own thought process and and get forgiveness for this because when things happen and I see how customer service is, it's really annoying when people are not willing to do their job that they're hired to, first of all, which comes to customer service. And nowadays they just, they're very slothful at it. They're very, they get by with as little as they can possibly do to earn their check, period. And that's kind of, you know, I'm very OG when it comes to that because I respected those who were in charge of my job and my job to do the best that I can possibly do. And nowadays, even management, they don't want to hear about anything that's detrimental to the job, the work. All they want to do is get by, just get by and just make it happen that they can collect their check and do what they got, the minimal amount. Pretty sad, but that's the way it is in this world. So what you have to do is pray for the strength for his strength, because you're not going to be able to do it on your own. And God knows that. He knows that you have weaknesses. He knows that we are weak. We are weak and he is strong. And we have to rely on that. Paul said it all the time. I used to, (laughs) yeah, I judged Paul. Man, did I, I thought he was so arrogant, so self-centered and all this stuff. He's not. He just speaks in confidence. And he declares all the time about his weakness, but that his strength is in the Lord. I am weak, but he is strong. And I just pray that he walk with me through the day, of course. And he teaches me. And you have to be careful with this also, brothers and sisters, because when you ask God for something, and it's for righteousness' sake and not for your own self-gain, God, I want a Tesla. God, I want a big hat. That's foolishness. Don't do that. But if you're praying for the strength and you're praying for things, trust me in this, there's certain ways, especially to enhance your faith, you're going to have trials. You're going to have tests, and they're going to come. <laughs> and I kind of laugh because when I do that, and then the course of the day later on, it might not happen right when I say it, but through the course of the day, here come the tests. And I find myself, when I start getting, get a little rattled, then I go, oh, Father, I asked you for this. Forgive me. Thank you for my lesson. Thank you for this adversity. Thank you for this jostling and things that are not going exactly and I do I ask for it and I continually ask for it why because it strengthens me in my faith and righteousness and it's what we should do and making gold fine jewelry it requires great heat you have to take the gold and it has to melt down and become molten and then the slag comes away and when you pour off that that's left, it's pure gold. That's all that's there. You separate the gold from the slag. But in order to do that and separate the gold from the dross, it takes great heat. When you do silver smelting, metal smiths will tell you this. I've done some of that work, but the real experts on that, they'll tell you, you have to melt it to get it separated. And different metals melt at different heats. Ah, therein is the key. Different metals go to liquid at different heats. So think on that. God is trying to improve your worth as that beautiful, fine piece of jewelry. So it's going to take some heat. And if you're a finer piece, then it's going to take a little more heat. So he's got to get all that alloy and that dross and that slag out of there. Think about that. So, continuing further. Ye have heard that it hath been said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say unto you that ye resist not evil but whosoever shall spite thee on thy right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if any man shall sue thee at the law and take away your coat, let him have thy cloak also. And whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him twain. Give to him that asketh thee, and from him that would borrow of thee, turn not thou away. 
Ye have heard that it hath been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, Love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them and hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you, that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven, for he maketh his Son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. For if ye love them which love you, what reward have ye? Do not even the publicans do the same? And if ye salute your brethren only, what do ye more than others? Do not even the publicans do so? Can ye therefore perfect even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect? Bless the reading of the word in this lesson from God of Father. In the words of Jesus Christ, he's telling us that how are you doing anything different or rising above the Sanhedrin? When you greet only those who are in your same stature and you greet only those that you work with or around, are you sharing with anyone else? Are you being anything other than just the way you are? Are you trying to show out more that the light of the Lord is in you? Do you only talk to those who are in the uniform of the job that you perform or only those who are dressed nicely? Or do you greet everyone? with kindness and you share compassion. It's a work in progress for me all the time because let me tell you, there are some areas that I go to work and there are some unsavory characters, but I have to practice and work at being good and sharing and that's okay. And God brings people to me that are, when I get greeted by some of those that are not so great, very shortly afterward, God brings me those that are so happy to see me and share. Hey, how are you doing today? So I'm glad you're working today. I want to share this with you. And, they come, and I have people that come to me that way. They have people that are very thankful. And what does that do? When you get that from somebody else, does that not uplift your spirit? So how are we as sons and daughters of Abba Yahweh, our Heavenly Father, how are we above anyone else that we don't give them that? Are we so much better than everyone else? Do not seek your self-worth. Seek that instead which comes from heaven, Jesus in your heart. Be son-centered, not self-centered. And so many of these, sadly, there's others that come to mind that, that have, and I, I pray for them as well, but there are those that have actually gone to self-help gurus. Therein is the title that you should flee from and turn and run the other way, but they go to those individuals. Self-help gurus. Look to yourself for any help. Oh my gosh, that's exactly not what you should do. Look in the Hall of Faith in Hebrews. It testifies to this fact. There's a whole list of people that showed an exercise great faith. But if you go back to the Old Testament, to the original part of their story, they exercised very little faith. Their faith had to be increased and God had to help them learn that because they were self-helping, they were self-centered, and they were going to do it on their own. And when they went on their own and they did contrary to what God desired, they found out that it was a mistake. So, brothers and sisters, we need to have the Lord, share the Lord, be with the Lord, and be of him. Abba Yahweh, bless the reading and sharing of this, your word, your truth, your knowledge, and your wisdom, Father God, for those, they that have an ear to let them hear, and that you tug on the hearts of those that are unsure, that sharing your truth to draw them, Father. And I share with any of you out there now, I, I say this often, try my spirit to ensure that I am telling you the truth and you will find, I, I firmly have faith in this and believe that the Holy Spirit will not tell you to turn me off and not to hear what I have to say because I speak his truth, his knowledge and his wisdom. This isn't mine, this is his. He has allowed me to have this podcast, which is also his and I've shared with you that how this started. 
this is a platform that God thinks is good for me because I can get the word out farther. I've shared with you that I have, I've received messages from Dubai. And I'm not going to share the information of who this person is or by name because he's in a place in this world where people actually kill Christians. I've shared that with you before. They are killed simply because of what they believe. I've shared also that the man who turned his wife into the authorities, his own wife, the one who brought his child into this world because she claimed that she believed in Jesus and had faith in God, he turned her in. What happened to his wife and his child? They were beheaded because of their belief in Jesus and God. They were beheaded because it was contrary to the Muslim teachings that he took in. But here too also understand this, that there are zealous Muslims, that there are devout that believe in the word, and they're not that way. But you have those that have become zealous. There were time, there were zealot in the time that Jesus was in there, that they were radical. They were willing to commit murder, to assassinate and kill in order to perpetuate their their law or the law as they perceived it from the word of God. These individuals twist and malign the word of Allah because those people, that, that woman was beheaded and her child beheaded because she didn't believe in that and she made a choice. But now the true believers in that, they would not have done that to her would have instead tried to convince her that she should leave that and come to the faith. But you have zealots that are out there that will take your head and take your life because you don't believe the way that they do. You have that happening everywhere all over the world. You have, why do you think there's this derisiveness? Satan is loving this, okay? This is a dealing of the devil. All right, brothers and sisters, let's not get caught up in that. Let's get caught up <clears throat> in the shining of the sun. Be as we are directed to do and share the light of Jesus' love in us. He came to share that with us and to share it with the world. Continue that walk. Be that way. Look to the Lord, and if you haven't made that decision, it's very simple to do. Just simply, God, Jesus, I want you in my heart. I want to have faith in you. I want the Holy Spirit to guide my steps. And I'm not sure how to do this. But that's what I want to do in Jesus' name. Amen. Very simple to do. It doesn't take a great pomp and circumstance. You don't have to be sprinkled with anything. You don't have to go through all this uh, ceremonial parade or anything. You're just talking to God. You're talking and asking Jesus to come. Pretty simple, actually. You can even do it by yourself. You have a blessed day. Be encouraged. Be uplifted. Let's go out and share the light. Don't hide that candle under a bushel.